seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. week's Down From The Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me show this week, fresh from his TV appearance on Granada tonight, we've got Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? Enjoyed your, uh, your TV experience? Yeah, well, he's not really my bank companies, you know, it's a little telly wrong, but uh, yeah, they got the phone call today, so just anything you can do to help, help the club and that, Rob, so uh, basically we just try to spread the word of him, really. And he, yeah, it's a good experience and bit nerve-wracking and, and what have you, but uh, yeah, I hope, it, I hope it came across all right and people enjoyed it. It wasn't on long, was we? Uh, but uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, it was a positive message, Paul, and it was getting outside the bubble, and that's what it's all about for this club. It's all about getting outside the bubble to potential fans and supporters of Salford to back the team, and I think you did a fantastic job today, mate. Well done. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Also joining the show this week, we've got Bounce Back Rick, all right, Rick? All right, Paul, all right, Rob. How's tricks? Yeah, good. You having a good week, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad, mate, yeah, yeah, towards the end of it now, uh, plenty of news coming out of Salford, though, isn't there, so it's uh, kept it busy this week, anyway. Yeah, loads going on, Paul, what have we got on the show? Yeah, we've got a review of the St. Helens game, we'll be speaking to Junior Sauer, Robert Louis, the aftermath of that game, we've also got Ian Watson in Coach's Corner, we've got all the news, and there's quite a lot of news to get through, they're like ITN on here tonight, but <laughs> we've got all that covered up, we've got a Michael Dobson interview as well, Michael Dobson, we spoke to him before the game. Uh, last Thursday Ben Murdoch Basilla and Chris Browning will also be speaking to them the award winners uh, the amateur report and we've also got your three word season reviews as well cool so what we'll do we'll start with the game against St Helens last week you're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your big match review so Salford Red Devils ended their 2017 season with defeat Against St. Helens at the AJ Bell Stadium, 30 points to 4, Paul. You know, it was a tough game, but they had a dig. But unfortunately, Saints just had enough to win. Yeah, I thought we had a really good dig, to be honest with you, Rob. We, scored an, we made an excellent start. We scored a great try up on nine levels from a set scrub. Great ball movement there. So that, that first half, it was a close affair, really, wasn't it? We had four points apiece. We had that try. We moved out for Manu Batavai, didn't we? Which was probably the right decision. Wasn't it? it was a great play and. You know, if that game hadn't been on Sky, perhaps that would have been given that try, probably wouldn't have gone to the, the video ref. So, uh, so yeah, it was a game we were definitely in it at half-time at 12 points to four. And, you know, that, that incident in the first half that we're probably going to talk about, it probably had a, probably had a big, big say in how the game turned out with it, but I thought it was a really spirited performance against the St. Helens side. You might have it probably a bit of form out there for their own. Yeah, obviously St. Helens were going for a top-four finish, uh, Rick, and, you know, we put up a good fight for me. Obviously, the sending off of, of Lannan, you know, was a big turning point. Oh, it was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was such a shame because, like Paul was saying, we were well in it at that, that point. Could have gone 10-4 or certainly 8-4 up. Um, the disallowed try. And then they, they managed to get their noses in front and uh, they're looking good, aren't they, Saints, at the moment. Um, Wormsley particularly played well. Unfortunately, I think 
it was it was a fifty fifty call that Childs um, looked at looked at Wormsley, put it on report, and obviously Lannan just saw uh, saw the red mist then, and then uh, what did he charge down Farge, and it was about a minute late when he when he got to Theo Farge at the end, and uh, I don't think Child had any any choice other than to send him off sadly, uh, but I think it was a reaction to to what what he saw as being uh, unfair. Uh, just played, placing Wormsley on report, so it was yeah, it was frustrating because even after that, even you know towards the end of the first half and the start of the second half, we were still well in it. I think we had a, a, another few chances early in the second half, or we were certainly putting them, um, you know, under a bit of pressure. It, was, it could have gone either way, but I think we just ran out of gas at the end. It was it was a shame. Mm, I think obviously James Child, Paul, you know, we lost control in that in that dying minutes of the first half there with the the Wormsley incident for, for me. Was a big turning point. I know um, Gaz Carvel on Twitter. We had a look at his, one of his tweets. And he says he's not sending off that one. If you watch Warns' try when he goes over Warn, it's a carbon copy. Carry just Warn isn't low enough as when knocked out. Um, and if you look back, Paul, he's, he's spot on. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, I thought he he it's difficult, I suppose, when you're a player, when, when you've got your instinct going to be to lift your arm, and if you've got a guy running at you, he's probably 15 stone or something, you've got to do that. But I think sometimes what's, what myths support us of is, is the lack of consistency. As you look at the Hull and Wigan game a few weeks ago, Liam Watts was sent off for a red yeah. card for, yeah. for one that probably wasn't, his, his hands were probably lower than, um, than Alex Warren's as well. They were on, on McClure. I know McClure flew in, didn't he? But, so some supporters might say, oh, that, that's, that's Wigan there, you know, they got a bit of an help down there. And we never seem to get that much of it. You know, from where I'm, I'm standing anyway, we all seem to sort of come out, out worse off from referee. You know, the penalty down again on, on Friday, that was 13 to 5, I think, from one to six. So it was another big one against us. And, you know, maybe, maybe there should be a sending one. To, I, I don't know. Really yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I think, think you're right. I, I think he could have done um, just, just for the fact of that one, that's what's probably agreed the Salford players. The, the first thing the Salford players probably thought of at that incident was, well, I mean, Watts got sent off the week from it. And that's, that's going to come into a player's mind, isn't it? If Watts had been sent off the week before, he probably wouldn't have got that reaction from Lannan. Uh, so that, that's, that was my view on it anyway. What Lannan did, there's no excuse from that. I mean, he's a young kid, Ryan Lannan, learning the game, and Watson said that. And, you know, one thing you've got to buy with Ryan is his passion. Um, obviously you've got a channel that you can't go down doing things like that but he's, you know, he's young and he'll learn from that you know there's been players in the past who've done, done silly things I, I mean I couldn't believe the guys on Sky were castigating my man and Barry McDermott how many times did he set off his career <laughs> in that cheap shots he used to dish out so uh, I thought that was funny listening to, uh, to him being holier than Val <laughs> on Sky Sports but, uh, but yeah I think Ryan Lamb will learn from that was a silly thing to do but I thought we battled really well with, with 12 men I mean it, it was 12-4 with 17 minutes to go and it really was a, a great battle from us I thought and you know our, our goal line defence was good St. Helens had a lot of ball but that's one thing that worries me and it's worried me all season is the amount of penalties we seem to give away we seem to be on the wrong end of the penalty count every week I think with the penalty count Paul it's kind of a fine line kind of being over aggressive in it you know in the tackle uh, Rick and Obviously, you know, we go back to the Warms a bit. You know, what do you think? Do you think he made the right decision, Child on Warms and on Lennon? Uh, I don't, I think he should have had 10 minutes. But if you look back, because I watched it back on Sky after I got home, and you look back, it's play on. He doesn't even, he doesn't give a penalty, it's not a knock on, there's no scrum. It, it, I think it was fifth tackle then, wasn't it? So, mm. um, it, it, it's not like he saw he'd done anything wrong. So basically, if the ref hasn't seen it, 
I don't suppose he can do anything about it, and that's fair enough. But the fact that Sky cameras were there and everything, I, I don't know the I don't know the law. Could he could he have referred it to the you know the fourth official, or would he have just had to put it on report? Because obviously he saw Lannan's because he gave a penalty, and then he can act on it because his touch judge and him got involved. But whether he saw Wormsley's or didn't didn't see it as a problem, it just basically hit his arm. Mm. And then because he's made that decision to stop the game because someone's down, he can't then refer it to the referee to say what's going on, you know, the, the television official. So I don't know the law, I don't know I don't know about that. But oh, the fact that he just placed it on report and, and didn't even you know, it was basically play on. I think that probably incensed a lot of Salford fans even more and obviously uh Lannan in the end as well. Yeah, I think for me, I think the Warmsley one was probably a, a sin binning. Um but like you say, Lannan can't do what he did. No. And he was he probably got there about ten minutes ago if he was that late. Yeah. Really. So well, you've got to learn from that. Um, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. I suppose, you know, you get the rub of the green sometimes and, you know, we didn't that time. It was a bad, it was a bad shot, but it was what it was. Unfortunately. Yeah, I did. Obviously, it spoiled the game, didn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah. I think we, we tried everything. We gave it our all. Um, and just came up short. Was, you know, you're not going to beat Saints with, <laughs> with, uh, 12 minutes, 60 minutes, are you? Yeah. 55 minutes. Well, in that period, so, yeah. In per- that period of time, though, Paul, we tended, you know, fantastic, didn't they? Salford, you know, Saints kept knocking on the door, but man down, we, you know, we gave everything, didn't we? Yeah, it was early. That's why we did for that first, uh, first 15 minutes in the second half, and we raced a bit and fired shots off, didn't we? I think it was, uh, I think it was Jake Bibby who caught with a really great tackle there, wasn't it? I'm sure it was Jake that sat him out. Yeah, the touch there, he put his foot into the touch. And, and we did 64 minutes, it took, you know, it was to get that try to, that just sort of nudged him in front then at 16 4 and then Percy will keep it all 18 4 and then, we ran out of steam and they scored two two late tries in the last ten minutes. But you know the scoreline flattered St Helens, I thought, and you know I came away from the, the game thinking we, we'd done quite well. Well, it wasn't a thirty points to four hammered, was it? It was a, it was a game that we, we was in for long periods of it. And, you know, battled it, battled on really well. And just going back to the injury situation, well, don't forget that there's a big hole out on the side at the moment. Isn't there? We, I know we keep going on about that. But I think, like we keep saying about the, the young kids that, that came, I thought Daniel Wood was excellent. You know, the time he was on the pitch, he, he's really not let us down one bit this season. And the experience he's gathering, and Ryan Lennon as well, he's going to learn from that mistake. He, you know, young players make mistakes, don't they, sometimes? And I'm sure Ryan Lennon is going to got to deal with that and come back a better player next season. I know he's got his three-game ban now, hasn't he? Which, uh, which I felt was a bit, a bit harsh, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, he's got to learn from that now, and he's got a £300 fine as well, so that's probably two in his, his pocket this week. So uh, he wouldn't have been buying many beers on Mad Monday, would he? But, um, uh, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that they'll learn from that. Yeah, we spoke to Rob Louie and Junior Sal after the game, and this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Junior Sal. You know, put a big effort in there, didn't we, at the end? Yeah, yeah, nah. It's always tough doing with 12 men, but, you know, I'm pretty proud of the boys' effort. You know, we spoke about this um, finishing the year off um, strongly. You know, obviously it wasn't, you know, the back end of the season was, wasn't meant to be, you know, what we planned. But, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, it's the good thing. You know, we just got to get back and just learn from what we've done this year and, you know, take the good and the bad and, and, and just work on what we need to work on. Yeah, looking back at the season though, we've had some really good highs and some lows, but it's all about the journey and the way this team, you know, they've got some good characters in that squad and who knows where we could be uh, this next this time next season, we could be in a top four finish. Yeah, you know, um, obviously, you know, it doesn't help, you know, we've got our leaders, that's Singer, Moose and um, 
flash and you know sort of lumber that you know for our pack but you know it, it gives the opportunity for other boys to step up but you know it's a overall you know I'm, I'm pretty I'm happy with the boys and you know we dug deep and you know we like I said you know we've got to work on um, what we need to work on and, and, and come better next year. Cheers big thanks for talking to us in the devil detail. Cheers, thank you. Cheers mate thanks. So I'm joined by Rob Lewis. You know the team had a real good goal there, didn't they, at the end? Yeah, we had a dig. Um, that's what we want to finish off, you know. Um, we just want to turn up for each other. We played with 12 men for the like, majority of the game, but I'm proud of the boys. You know, we dug deep, especially with some of our senior players out. Um, but, you know, um, I'm, I'm very proud. It's been a good year. I'm very proud of the boys, and um, we're going to have a good break and get stuck in a prison. Yeah, look, looking back at you know the season after after last season's uh, magic at the end, you know what I mean? Finishing in the top four, Challenge Cup uh, semi-final appearance. I mean, this team's going places, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, uh, yeah, we are. Sorry, mate. Um, like you said, um, that million pound game, it really, you know, it drives us. Um, we know that feeling being there. Um, and then even this feeling hurts too, you know. We finished top four, but we wanted to stay there. But hey, um, there's, there's the comp strong um, in that top eight. Um, um, so, you know, St. Helens, they're always going to finish the season off strong. And credit to them. Um, we know what to build on for next year. Um, we're going to have a break, you know, enjoy the off season and um, get stuck in pre season. Cheers. Thanks for talking to us in the Devil in the Detail. Thank you. Cheers, Rob. Thanks very much. So that was Junior Sow and Rob Louie talking about. The game against Settlements, Paul, and you know, after a tough season, you know, these boys, you know, they're working hard all season and sure they deserve a, a bit of a rest now. Yeah, certainly Robert Louis as well has had an excellent season, and I think he's come second in the Albert Gold Park team in the league. Especially just looking at that, he's been just hanging on the coattails of Luke Gale all season. We know how well Luke Gale's played, so I think that's testimony to how, how Robert's performed consistently week in, week out this season, hasn't he? He's, uh, he's, he's been one of our standout players, Robert, and Junior Sow as well, he's had another good season, hasn't he? Really, really solid player, so both those guys can hold the heads up high, can't they? As, as can all the players. And their performances this season, as we said before, there's been a bit of a dip in form, but uh, I think there's, the, there's there's reasons for that, and we've discussed it the last couple of weeks. And um, yeah, over, overall, Rob, I think the lads have done really well. They deserve this break now, come back refreshed and uh, ready to hit pre season training, because when you think about it, it's a short full season for the lads, and I presume they'll be back in. I don't want to, like, I've been thinking about pre-season training yet, but it, it won't be that long off, will it? No, not at all. And Rick, obviously, you know, the players, you know, injuries hit us, didn't they, towards the back end of the season, but it, it kind of gave opportunities for other people to come in and stake a claim. Yeah, it did, just on the injuries. the um, I think Watson described it as front-loading, didn't he? He just wanted to make their mates. Yeah. Um, and then, unfortunately, we had we had quite a few out. Flanagan was a massive mess, wasn't he? Um, Mossop and Tazzy as well. Uh, props really weren't they so yeah I think that, that hit the middle hard and um, there's only so many players who can come in and they, they, they did very well very solid um, you know Dan Murray particularly he's uh, he's a big lad um, he, he, he didn't let anyone down um, and it, it, but they can only do so much and uh, they, they don't they can't be playing as many games as they have done uh, over the course of the season Um they, you know, they need to be blooded, but not that amount. So it, it's it's obvious that you're going to lose. Unfortunately, uh, not as bad as we should have, should have done in this uh, last ten games or whatever it was. But you, you're going to get losses like that when you're playing the top seven teams. You're going, you're going to have that because they all want to get in the top four as well. So there's a lot of competition there, 
Um, we just fell short because of the. I think the, the injuries were a lot, uh, a lot on it. Unfortunately, that's that's the way it is. So isn't it? It's a tough game, and if you haven't got that bigger squad like we haven't, then uh, you're going to struggle if you don't keep the players fresh. Yeah, but I suppose having the kids coming through, uh, Paul, you know, gives them the opportunity to play at this top level in the Super Eights. You know, top eights. They're going to be, uh, you know, battle hardened for for next season, and you never know. We could kick on. Yeah, of course, it's all, it's all experience for, for the young players, isn't it, Rob? And like we said before, we've got them played at this level. And it is an intense level at the Super 8s, I think. It's a step up from Super League. But if you just look at the league table, though, we finished on 28 points. And I think back to the end of the end of May, we've had about 24. Then, so the dip in form we've had been, uh, been poor. But if you actually look, we've only finished five points behind the top four. St. Helens got 33 points. We finished on 28. We finished three points behind Wigan. So if you decide at the start of the season you'll finish three points behind Wigan, I think we'd have all took that one. We're so uh, we've not we've not done that. When you think about the resources what Wigan have got, and I know they've had, had problems with injuries as well, but I don't think they've had you know no more than what we've had over the course of the season. So uh, to, to finish sort of five points off the top four place, I think is, is remarkable from where, where we were last season and how we've gone forward. So it's a step in the right direct, direction. You're not going to go straight to the top of the league from a million pound game I so um, you know from where we came from in that, that middle eights last year it's just about slow slow building it's, a, it's about getting that top eight to get in it next season and pushing on again next year yeah I think we were pinching ourselves weren't we halfway through the season because we were win after win after win after win and it was all going so well that we joined top at one point we cast just behind on points difference that was amazing that that was absolutely amazing but uh, yeah the, the fall away has been sad unfortunately but I think the young lads like you said are going to be brilliant uh, next season because of all that experience they've had they've learned the hard way we've fallen off but they'll learn from that and uh, if we can keep that core in then uh, there's no reason why we can't do it again yeah we spoke to Ian Watson after the game and this is what he had to say Coach's Corner well, I'd like to say Ian Watson and Jeremy for the final time this season. Thank you very much for speaking to me throughout the year and being very honest in your interviews. How do you assess tonight? I thought we had a real good dig tonight. Yeah, we did. I thought, I thought to be fair, we started the game before it was outstanding. Uh, we moved the ball around like probably better than what we've done for a, a long time, really. We started to play some real genuine football, and I know that's took time because obviously you, you lose a, a spine player and you have to kind of adapt or try and get it back into there, and then you lose another spine player. So like, we've had different things playing in our spine over the last back end of the weekend and that's probably for, for something to for us to be kind of more aware of as well that if we do have to change our spine the, we need to maybe think about the way we play slightly a little bit because we're a footballing team and we want to play so we need them players to be able to come in and do that job so they maybe need a bit more repetition more than some of the others would we had to do a lot of defending tonight as well goal line defence there just seemed to be a different attitude with the players tonight they just seemed to they seemed to lift and I thought the crowd lifted tonight at the start of the game it seemed to buzz didn't they yeah I thought the crowd was standing at the beginning to be fair when we start, like I said the last three weeks we've, we've made real progression in this kind of super eights in what we kind of spoke about and what we wanted to kind of get out of this last three weeks and today yeah, I was really confident we'd put up a great performance here today the, the 12 men kind of spoiled it a little bit because I think if, if we, we don't lose that then we're in a real ball game because I think we were controlling it for that early parts of the game How do you assess the sending off? I mean I know you've probably only seen it once haven't you? And yeah I just I, I spoke with Lannan in there just a little bit dumb from a young um, inexperienced kind of player really I think he shows his passion though doesn't yeah, it really? it does. it, it's frustrated. he got frustrated at what had happened with Wormsley if Wormsley had been simbing that doesn't happen the young lad counts out 
one of his own players out here, you know, as a young kid, and you're thinking, well, I'm being aggressive. And then he's gone, and he's probably been a little bit over-aggressive, to be fair, and he's only ended up kind of pushing him in the end. He's not hitting with an elbow or anything like that, um, but that's something he'll learn from that. I suppose, as me as a supporter watching the game, I thought perhaps it's a bit unfair, because, I mean, we lost Jordan Warnley from the Wormsley incident, and that, yeah. that left you down to 15 men, didn't it? It affects your subs there, to be fair. And then you've only got two middles out on the pitch as well, so then you're spelling them really quickly. Um, and you're trying to get more out of them at times as well and you can see we're doing well in the game and then you're being aware that you don't want to over spend his own energy because if you do you're going to concede on the back of it as well so it, it, it changes the way you kind of you that adapt decision to seemed to uh, have a, bearing, a big bearing on the game I thought oh, yeah it did massively massively it did um, if you look at the Wormsley one and then you look at the Lannan one you just say that two completely different challenges and one's been punished and one hasn't especially if you look at the Watts one the other week as well against Wigan so I think that perhaps that's something they need to look at their referees I don't, yeah, obviously yeah. we don't want to talk about that and get involved in that but the man who Vatavai um, incident where he knocked on and I think we had that try shot off of the video ref it was really, I thought it was really unlucky it was a great play yeah. from, from us we kept the ball alive and we seemed to get our mojo back again tonight didn't we in, in the yeah. attack I thought no, we, did, we did that because we backed it up with good D as well and so we backed it up with good defence as well so it, if, we, if we're defending well we uh, will attack well as well and like I say it takes its toll when you're defending seven goal line sets on your own line um, you're going to concede at some point unfortunately so we're young in there but a tough night it's been a good season though overall Ian. and like yeah. I said before thanks again for speaking to me and best of luck yeah. in the close season I'll see you next year Great. Mate. cheers Paul no problem so that was Ian Watson looking back after the defeat against uh, St Helens but he was upbeat Paul yeah, yeah, he was, Rob, yeah. Um, I think he's got a lot to be proud of, you know, he's done really well this season, and um, I just like to thank him again, he's, he's spoken to us every week, and he's been very honest with us, and he knows he's got something to build on, doesn't he, for next year, and he's proud of the players and that, and, uh, you know, he, he's come out and said when he's not been happy with things, hasn't he, and he's been disappointed with him, but I think he could have a lot to be proud of on Thursday night, and it was a tough night, wasn't he, you know, going out of 12 men, and he realises that, and, uh, you know, Saints had a lot on that game, and they had a lot to play for going for that top four. And uh, yeah, like I said, it I think he was upbeat. He's not going to be too down out and about. He's, he's proud of some of those young lads, and like we said, we've said it all the time. The, the experience they're gaining from this is going to be invaluable going forward. And I think it's all about recruitment now for, for Ian and uh, and with the coaching and Martin Gleeson, because the coaching staff. It's about how they, who they bring in. Now we've got the two lads so far. The lad from Rochdale, like Gavin Benny, is his name, and uh, the like, young lad from Newcastle, Darrell. Elford. So uh, we've got two young lads there coming in, and we've, we've just got to make sure we get that recruitment right in other other positions. I mean, I, I asked Ian about his, his recruitment plans, and he he knows where he wants to strengthen, and uh, I think he's got a list of drawn up already who who he's looking at anyway. Yeah, obviously, Rick. The last twelve months, Ian Watson, you know, going through the million pound miracle, and then guiding us to a, a top four finish and a, a top eight, um, you know, finish as well. You know, how va- that's going to be valuable for him moving forward, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, if you, I think if you'd, if you'd have panned out the season before, it'd have been, you know, it'd have been um, frustrated at the, the, the back end of the season. But to to get top four um, at the, you know, after after the um, the regular season's amazing semi final. We've said it many times before, haven't we? Uh, that's you'd have taken that and ripped their hand off. And uh, so I think when he reflects on the, the season gone by, and he won't spend too long on it. Um, but he'll, he'll look back and say, I think we did the right thing, making sure we were in the top eight, um, and just uh, unfortunately fell away, but that's, that's injuries, and 
like we said, I think the the, the youngsters will have learned from it and uh, with a bit more of a sound squad and a, a few more and maybe a bit more luck with injuries, we, we could uh, make the top four next season. So he'll have a few players in mind, as, as Paul said. Um, and hopefully that'll strengthen us and his cross will be uh, will be there or thereabouts next season. Yeah, we talked about front-loading, Paul, but he knows and we know as a club we need to be in that top eight in a consistent basis, don't we? So if it happens for the next five years and we front-load and get in the top eight, that's only going to be progress both on and off the pitch for me. Yeah, he's like he said a few times, isn't it? where would you rather be? Would you rather be in that sort of middle eights where... Where anything can happen, really. It's a bit of like, the start of that, that middle age, you would have expected Catalan to be in the Marine Pound game, would you really? You would have thought they'd have been in that top two, you know, especially with the home games in the south of France. They've been poor, haven't they? Lost, I think they've lost a couple of home matches. So, so yeah, you want to be safe, don't you? And I think he's exceeded all expectations, Ian, really. One thing you've got to remember is this is this is Ian's second full season in charge of us. Mm. He came through sort of uh, that crisis in 2015 when Yester got the bullet, and Ian came in and taken over. No, he's had a lot to put up with in his short tenure. Uh, he had a lot of off-the-field stuff and drama in 2015. Last year, we had the, the six-point reduction. This season, he's had a lot of off-the-field stuff with his rebrand and, and this, that, and the other going on in the background. And, you know, he comes, he takes it on his stride. He never really moans about it. He just gets on with it. He comes to the wicket every week, speaks to us, and, and you still hear people sort of slagging him off. And I don't know where they're coming from sometimes. I mean, we've not got the biggest squad in the world. We know that. We, Injuries has killed us a bit as well. And, and you know, would, would Wayne Bennett have been able to coach us any better this season? I don't think so. I think he's doing a great job. He's learning all the time. And what you've got to look at is those those sort of coaches that are in the top four, apart from sort of the Chris Chester, who's sort of similar to Ian, really, in the way he's been awake. I think both him and Ian have done tremendous jobs this season. But the likes of Sean Wayne and uh, Daryl Powell, Brian McDermott, they, they, they've been at their clubs a lot longer, haven't they? They've had a lot more time there. Uh, and look at Brian McDermott, for example, last season at Leeds, the, the poor season he had, how he's come on this season. So coaches need time, don't they, Robert? For what he's done in the two and a half years at Salford, he's made a lot of progress. Each season he's, he's took us on a bit more, a bit more. And that's exactly what um, Carl Harrison did with us. I remember when Carl came and he was very similar to him. He just made that bit of progress every season. And I think he had, you'll see a big improvement again next season. And I'm really looking forward to where he can take us. Yeah, I think it's that's the important part for me, Rick. It's, it's next year. Uh, obviously, because of our success this year, teams are going to be up up for the contest. They'll know the drill about you know who's our top players and what we do. And it's, I suppose it's a matter of Ian Watson juggling his pack enough to make us different, make us a you know a competitor again. Yeah, he'll have his plans, won't he? He'll he'll make sure that we're not just the the same uh, same as we were this season. Otherwise, the, I think they'll they'll learn very quickly the the teams that will play against us. So, no, he'll have that all planned out, uh, or at least the coaching staff will uh, do a few different things, bring in a few personnel. Everybody's fresh as well. I think you're right about the, the everybody will uh, not not be not be wary of us but they'll they'll know what to expect from us now that I think maybe a few were caught with the trousers down for one of a better phrase um, this season and, and we've rolled them over um, so I, I think this next season they won't they won't say that oh you know you look down the fixture list oh Salford that's a that's an easiest game isn't it that, you know we'll, we'll worry about Wigan next week and, and uh, you know kind of drop off against Salford can't do that anymore I don't think you can do that against any team really in Super League but Certainly not against us next season if we if we maintain that squad and it looks like we are doing for the for the uh, you know best part we've got the you know the the, the middles tied up for another season or two and 
bit more recruitment and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll be up there again. No, no danger. Yeah, back to the Saints game. Let's have a quick look at the stats. Uh, top tacklers, Tyrone McCarthy with 41. Ben Merritt Masala with 37. Dan Murray with 33. Um, forwards making lots of uh, tackles there, Paul. Yes, I thought that one was excellent. I thought he came in and did a really good job for us. For a 21-year-old man, he's, he's really settled in this season. I thought the defence was good, you know, in, in large parts of that game. We had quite a bit of defending to do on our line. and We seemed to work for each other, didn't we, on, on Thursday night? I said to you, you know, in the first half, it, it did it seem... So there was a different attitude, wasn't there, in that first half? It was a great atmosphere as well. I thought everyone sort of bought into the... Uh, the relief that was floating around of the uh, of the Salford and the no name change. It seemed that the I don't know the players seemed to like players that they had the shackles taken off. I said that and did really well being down to twelve men, but uh, but the you know, the defence on a whole was was good. Yeah, looking at the top meter makers, uh, Rick um, Manu Vatavai one hundred and forty three, Junior Sal with twenty three, uh, Wellum with eighty six, forwards had a tough day, uh, Money with twenty four. Um, ben Minnett Masala with 57 Joshua Jones with 55 obviously Seth Ellens have a big pack and we had to go forward and we just weren't able to get on the front foot yeah Seth Ellens had a lot of ball didn't they um, as Paul was saying we defended very well so be uh, be surprised if there were many many making over 100 there uh, Manu being the exception uh, but yeah you, when you go down to 12 I don't think you can you can do once you've got a shut up shot and be solid in your in your sets rather than uh, expansive I think we did that um, and then just defended for our lives so uh, we, we tried our best tried everything and we got close just that you know last 15 minutes or so when they, they overran us but uh, the rest of the game we were, we were very solid and, and well in it well in it for you know 45-50 minutes we were still in so um, it, it was a shame about the sending off but um, yeah we Still, still confident for next season. Yeah, big thanks for everyone. We did the three-word match reports of Man of the Matches. Uh, Natalie Taylor, worst child performance. Um, her Man of the Match was Jake Bibby. Uh, Chairman Bob, elbow, child, elbow. Uh, his Man of the Match was all of them. Colin Reynolds, all about child. Um, his Man of the Match was Sal, could see a pattern, neighbour. Uh, Gary Carter, child, Jamie Child show. Uh, Paul Foster, child, spoiler alert. His Man of the Match was Chris Bryan. Um, Mike Tomlinson, good season overall. Uh, Richard Martin, long hard season. His man of the match was Louis, um, and that was it, really. But like you said, James Child took all the headlines, but fans were frustrated, Paul. And suppose the three-word match where it comes out sort of ten minutes after the final hooter, uh, you kind of get that sometimes. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, the, the video we did at Leeds of the week, and how, how disappointed I was, you know. And I, I probably was a bit harsh on the players after that. And when I spoke to, to what I said to you in the car on the way, oh my God, I, I, I was really harsh on the players, you know, after the match. And, and you do, don't you, sometimes? You you let your, um, yeah, your emotions run away. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You've got to have that emotion, Bob. You've got to have that passion as well. And, you know, um, you know supporters will, will say things after the game and you might think about it and about you and watch it on the telly and you start to think again. But um, I think there has been a few times this season where we've had, had the rough end of this stick the referees. And, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's one of them things sometimes, there's not a lot you can do about it, is there really? But, uh, but yeah, there's a few decisions that were questionable on, on, on Thursday night. Yeah. Who was your uh, man of the match, uh, Rick? Uh, I think I, all of them. I, I can't split anyone up because they, they just, they, they defended for their lives, didn't they? So, uh, they, they did everything they could. Um, yeah, I, I think Evels, probably. Uh, I think he looked very sharp. Always got on the eyeball, very 
very solid, isn't he? So if I had to say, I'd, I'd say Evans. How about you, Paul? Who's your... Uh... Like Vic said, I thought they all put a, put a shift in, really, uh, throughout, throughout the whole game. I was impressed with Tyrone McCarthy. I made a special note in my notes when he report at the end, saying how, how well I thought he played, especially that first half an hour. He did that first half an hour off straight. I remember seeing him coming up there, he worked his socks off in that first 30 minutes. So uh, he stood out for me, I thought. He, he's, uh, his all round game was good. Uh, he likes them little, them little grubber kicks too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. tried another one, didn't he, on, uh, on Thursday night. But yeah, I think he's another player who uh, who benefit from the, you know the close season with us and you know full pre-season, getting to know the lads and getting himself up to, to full fitness, full sharpness. Because uh, he's looked, uh, he's looked a clever player. Well, I've seen he's got a bit about him, and he? he's good in defence, and I think he's got a bit of a brain on him as well. So uh, no, I think he'll, he'll be one for, for next season to watch. So he's probably like that much. Yeah, it works hard for me, uh, Rick. You got the likes of him, and got Dan Murray, you got Craig Cockjack. You know, who will run through walls all day for you. But then also you've got the, you know, the, the power and the, the, the bulk of the likes of Lamatazzi, who wasn't there. You know, people are we're missing. You know, if you get a nice blend of that, who knows where we'll go next season? Yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of people coming back, haven't we? I was, I was going to ask then if, um, assuming if Mark Flanagan's fit again, where do yeah. you put Tyrone McCarthy? Where'd you put him? That's a good question. Where would you put him, Paul? Um, Tony McCarthy, uh, I think you can use him as a back rower. Definitely. I think with Mark Flanagan, you can spell him as well. I think Mark doesn't always play the 80 minutes, so you should interchange those two. But Flanagan can play in the back row, can't you, as well? So uh, you're always going to need strength and depth, aren't you? To have two blokes like that who who are workers, and, and those two players. Especially Mark, he's a link between defence and attack, Mark, isn't he? Mm. The work he does, he's sort of, he, I'll use the Watto's phrase, the glue. <laughs> the glue is <laughs> together. So you, I don't think you can ever have enough players like Tyrone and Mark inside, any of those sort of those workers, uh, those guys that do the graft, do a lot of the unsung sort of work. And, and yeah, I can see them see both slotting in there nicely next season. Another guy as well who, who we missed, and I think you know, hopefully if he can sort his shoulders out on that, which is a Big, big thing at the moment was Lee Mossop. I think we've missed him. He, he's a big bloke, and if you watch the way he played earlier in the season, he, he's got some real power and some real size. And I, I, I heard people sort of slagging Logan Tompkins off recently. And you think back to the, the start of the season when Logan was, was playing well, um, he was playing behind a, a big solid pack, wasn't he? And I think Logan's missed the likes of Mark Flanagan and, and Lee Mossop, Lama Tazi in recent weeks. And he's, you know, our pack's not been getting on the front foot as he was earlier in the season, so. Uh, like I said, we've got those guys to come back. They're big blokes as well, aren't they? To, to bring back Mossop, uh, Tazi and Flanagan. So you had uh, Tyrone McCarthy into the mix there as well. Well, Haraki, we've got a pretty, quite a formidable pack there. Yeah, it's something to look forward to in 2018. And talking about 2018, what we'll do now, we'll look at all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils uh, this week. Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. So, the big news breaking uh, today, Marwan Kukash has handed the control of the club to a trust. Uh, Paul, he said he was going to do that uh, a few months ago, part of the master plan, and, he, and that's what's happened. Yeah, I saw that statement today. I tried my best today to stay off social media as long as I could, and uh, it didn't take long. People were messaging me about my statement, so I did have a read of it. And to be honest with you, it, it, it was quite vague, I thought. There's... 
there's a lot of questions I think reading the statement that you could ask Marwan and I say well, you know who are these people going to be and this that and the other and I know a lot of people are quite concerned about it because when you've got an owner who's got as much money as, as Marwan's supposed to have and he sort of pulls back I think that was obviously going to concern people isn't it? and think where's where's the money people going to come from because money is tight isn't it you know in sport and things like that and, you know, people don't exactly fall over themselves to, to help solve but out do this so uh, be interesting to see who these people are I think in a way I think it's it's sort of uncertain times but it could be exciting times as well it could be it could be like the start of a new era This, you know especially with the fans being involved as well and we'll be talking about the supporters trust meeting after so I don't think it's all doom and gloom I think there's, I think there's a big opportunity Robin one we have to sort of all get behind and, and, and grab with both hands really yeah he says in his statement Rick I have now instructed my legal team subject to the RFL approval to establish a trust to take ownership of the club uh, for the benefit of the fans and the local community of Salford. I will appoint the board of trustees to include a local Salford businessman and representative for the fans to be elected by season ticket holders. This will ensure fans have a prominent voice in the running of the club. So obviously, in theory, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, what he's saying makes a lot of sense. If that's his decision to, uh, to appoint the trust, um, and then we also get a say with this person that uh, season ticket holders all will, will appoint hopefully all this now it's in black and white will, will, you know, will, will stop any uh, any rumours going on this is hopefully what's going to happen um, now Marlon's put it down in black and white there's no ifs and buts but it does still raise a lot more questions doesn't it so when's this happening uh, how much money will they have is he still going to be involved you know there's all that all those questions but hopefully now it's because it's, it's happened right at the end of the season Hopefully, if we can get this sorted really quickly and get this uh, trust team and, and the appointment of uh, the fans, guy, um, you know, the, the, the guy who's going to speak on behalf of the fans, we can get all that sorted pretty quickly. Then, hopefully, we'll have a settled club and a, a settled team, and we can go forward from. Them. Yeah, like Rick said, Paul, being the off season is a bit of a bonus. Now, it gives a chance for the club to kind of restructure itself and then come out and then tell, tell the fans you know, what the situation is, who's involved, and then we can all move on together, can't we? Yeah, that, that's a big thing, that, Rob. What you don't want is this to linger on now and sort of creep into you know December, January, we're preparing for a new season, we're arranging friendlies, and, and the fixtures come out. You don't want this to start affecting the team. This needs to be nailed and done now in the next month or so. And, you know, the, the other thing that was sort of puzzling me today was uh, you know, if they do this, this trust and you have this board, Who's going to be in charge? I mean, you've always got to have somebody at the top, haven't you? You can't sort of have loads of different people. You've got to answer to somebody, haven't you? When it was John Wilkie, it was John Wilkie before that was Brian Snake, wasn't it? And now we've had, we've had Marwan Kuka, so I, I would have thought there'd be somebody who'd be, be ahead of it all. Um, otherwise, it's, um, you know, the, the one thing I can think of, one example, I think it's FC United. I think they're, they're, they were run when they first started by... Uh, by sort of supporters one they and different sort of people and I remember reading things about them that they had a lot of in-house fighting and you know, people bickering about this that and this. so we don't want to go down that road we want to make sure that it's all done properly and it goes down the right routes and I'm sure you know, Marwan as he says he's, he's starting out with his legal team and that and the other thing is now I just hope the RFL are going to approve it because they have to approve all the new boards don't they and, and new takeovers and things like that so let's hope they don't throw a spanner in the works it all runs nice and smoothly yeah I suppose Rick you know, the RFL have to have a say in it as well. Uh, they said they, they know about Marwan's intention about stepping away uh, from the club and allowing the trust to take control. Um, so, for me, if he's stepping away, it's not like he's, it doesn't sound like he's leaving for good. He's just stepping away and letting the trust do the, uh, do the run of the show. Yeah, so on the face of it, that could be a positive thing, that, you know, uh, letting, 
letting people with you know genuine love for the game maybe and um, and can spend a lot of time doing it and uh, and just a consortium more more or less uh, ultimately with somebody in charge like like Paul was saying you could have something like that but um, if that can be the way forward then then let's do it but let let's get it done quickly or as quickly as possible and hopefully the RFL aren't going to put uh, put too many obstacles in the way and we can get on with it that's the main thing we need to get it sorted because there's tickets tickets sales you know need to go on um, there's there's also the the, the, the crest that's going to you know is there a decision from for that board need to do they need to make a decision so there's a load of questions a lot of work to be done in the background but it needs to be done quickly otherwise uh um, it could be Christmas before we look, uh, and uh, there's still nothing sorted. So yeah, it's, it could be very positive. Let's uh, let's not get uh, let's not get uh, too negative on it. Let's yeah. get let's think... get behind it and uh, and let's get it sorted as quickly as possible. Yeah, I didn't think of that, Rick, because obviously Marwan Kuka says we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But if this you know trust is is running the show, they might have, might have other ideas about what happens, Paul. So it might change again. We don't know. No, no, that, that's an interesting point you, you raise there, yeah, especially with the way crest and, and, and things like that, it's important, isn't it? it's important that you you move on now and, and sort things out, because the club season's not long, is it really, you've got to get your season tickets out and your marketing and, and, and things like that, so, uh, so I would have thought that'll, that'll all be done, be done soon really, guys, hopefully, hopefully they've got the, the plan for that, but uh, yeah, it, it seems strange, I mean, when we... Listen to Marwan speak the other night at the, the Player Awards. He seemed very upbeat about the, the coming season, didn't he? And for him to to come up with this now, it seems a uh, seems really a rather a strange move. It's something like I said. There's a lot of questions in that that um, that statement that I'd like to ask him. I'd like to find out. One thing I'd like to say with, with, with this new board, you know, or new sort of owners or whatever they're going to be called, is let's keep the supporters up to date with what's going on because you guys know as well as I do you know watching Salford over the last God knows how long it's been like MI5 hasn't it you never get any information <laughs> out of it. they never tell you what's going on you need to keep supporters updated with what's going on and, and how things are doing especially if you're going to have a supporters trust as well because that supporters trust guys it's not just it won't just be people posting leaflets through people's doors a supporters trust has a lot of say in how the club is run and I'm sure that's how it's going to be at this, this meeting on Monday so it's all going to have to work hand in hand and I'm sure, it, I'm sure it will do as well but there's an awful lot of stuff like I said that needs to be sorting out before, before the season starts Yeah I think to be honest though Paul you know the club have been you know really good on social media recently been firing out kind of three and four stories a day um, and you know that's what we want at stands. We want positive news. Um, we want positive stories, and that's only going to improve our you know club and you know their you know people's view outside of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think they have recently. Yeah, and, and that's how you've got to work. You've got to get the fans on side, haven't you? And that's what to me. That's what it's all about now. Um, these next couple of months, we we desperately need to push season ticket sales. We need to get as many season ticket holders in the club as we can. Whether that means developing family season tickets getting families involved you've got Dr Devil there now as well he's, doing, he's been doing a great job kids seem to like him let's really market it now and, and see how many we can get because crowds in that next season you know if you, you're going to be relying on that sort of income now aren't we so we need to get that that right and, and all sort of pull together and we've got an opportunity now with this supporters trust as well and the meeting we're having on money let's get as many people down let's, let's create a buzz we can we can set this club forward ourselves can't we? And I think we're going to have a responsibility of doing that now. I know this has been spoke about before about about supporters. You know, I think Marwan said he did it one day. One day, I'd like to hand it over to the supporters and let them, 
you know, be self-sufficient and run for itself. I know we're quite away away from that yet, but uh, we're going towards that way, aren't we? And let's be positive about it. Let's grasp the opportunity with both hands. All get behind it, get the city behind it, all the supporters behind it, and you know, really make this this club this special club. You know, really work. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. It's our club. Uh, we, you know, we love it, don't we? Reckon, you know. We try and do as much as we can. The club, hopefully now, will we'll kick into gear with a further investment from these people who are involved in, in the... This club could go, you know, bigger and bigger and, you know, we could be end, end up being a big club with a big following. Yeah, yeah, that's where, that's ultimately where we want to get to and, and this season has been a, a big stepping stone towards that. So you want to see another kick on next season and uh, hopefully the, you know, the squad, the core of the squad will stay. The um, I don't see any reason why they're not going to stay and uh, we can build on it and as long as these people come in and uh, and just stability I think that's the big word isn't it we need to be stable uh, build, the f- build the fan base a bit more um, for next season and, and who knows where we can go let's, let's just keep keep positive and, and uh, let's hope we can achieve what we achieve this season and, and a little bit more on top yeah uh, for me Paul it's important the people who are going to be in control of the club running the club day to day they are kind of not you know they are allowed to do what they want to do. Obviously, Marlon Kukash is appointing this this board uh, to, to to you know to to run the club for him. But if he's letting that letting them do that, he has to you know make himself distant. He has to not get involved in any kind of like um, you know day to day running the club because that's their that's their job now to, to move us forward. Not his. Yeah, of course it is. And I think you know like Rick said, their stability is the name of the game now, and we don't want any more of these these rumours and that because. You know, things like that last season, he didn't help, did it? Let's, let's have it right in the open now. I think that's sort of um, killed the season off for quite a few supporters. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we keep going and what and so, so do a lot of other people. But I think quite a lot of people's interest dropped off when all this, this Manchester thing raised its, its ugly head. So at least we've, we've got rid of that now. So, yes, stability is the name of the game. And, and, and yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we've, just got, we've just got to be positive about things. Let's, let's not put... The negative vibes, I'm having a go at but he did used to you know, put these tweets out about this, that, and it'd be negative stuff. And let's let's not keep telling people how hard it is to get to the ground and things like that. Let's be positive about it. Let's put positive messages out there about how many tickets we've sold, not put like how many tickets we haven't sold. Let's just make everything positive. And if you do that, you, you can grow and you can grow and get that buzz. We've had that buzz before, guys, haven't we? You know, there's been seasons in the past, you know, I, I got always harp on about the seasons at the Willows in the 90s and things like that you can create that buzz I don't care what anybody says and people might say oh we don't play at the Willows anymore look we've got a good stadium there it's not that far away it's from the Heartland of Salford is it really when we think about it and let's cut the excuses to get into the ground and just, just get behind it if you want to go you will go and watch the team and if you're playing good rugby and that I'm sure I'm sure people will, will be switched on and, and, and go and, and, and support the boys yeah I suppose it's all about the spinning it Rick, Rick you know if, if you spin positively uh, people will, will buy into it and you know the club gets bigger and bigger we've had problems with, with people tweeting negative stuff but you know this is a new start we go forward we move forward together and it's a positive experience yeah definitely I mean that, that statement just going back to it from, from uh, Marwin it, it talks about his positivity actually um, you know he, he said he's, he's loved his time here and uh, grown to love the game of rugby league and he still cares deeply about it and it's nothing to do with the RFL they've been supportive so if he can, you know we can keep on keep on that positive vibe from his statement and, and uh, when the trust get on board uh, just just keep up that and maybe maybe there's an advantage now with, with the trust with multiple people being involved they have all different ideas on how to market the club where best interests surely have to lie with Salford and, and then they'll have different ideas and they'll be able to get in their little areas of, of Salford 
so it won't just be one person who's looking at it from a whole point of view and saying right how do we best market it there's going to be 10 or 12 individuals saying right well we can do this and that and just get into the different areas within their businesses or you know just sell the club that way through through their areas and, and obviously the supporters can grow it as we we try every uh, every season but i think there'll be lots of little pockets doing their doing uh, you know a, a one thing for the good of Salford, but but maybe a lot of sub kind of areas that will be able to market the club in those little niche kind of areas that we've not got to yet and as you say burst in the bubble so if we, if we get that we get to that level that's looking a long way in the future i know but if we can get that sort of positivity around back in salford and the good performances get on the field then uh, then let's let's get behind them and uh, we could we could see a full round, couldn't we? What's stopping us? Let's do it. Yeah, it's all about moving forward. I think, Paul, it's all about sharing the load, whether that be financially or, or, or work-wise. You know, if we have a group of individuals in this trust that are able to, you know, inject money into the into the uh, into the club, and each of them have injecting, you know, the same amount, possibly put a little bit more in each, it'd be able to grow the club bigger than if it was just one person with a with a big wallet. Yeah, Rick's absolutely bang on there with what he was saying about, you know, getting out there and the more people there, like, getting to these little areas. Because I was listening to the, the Radio Manchester broadcast before and Alan Hunt was, was sort of saying that about, you know, like Lee only sort of being a small area compared to Salford. And I don't think he, he wasn't having a go at me or anything. He was, he was very respectful of that. But I got what he was saying. We, we are a big city, aren't we? In a big area in Salford. And, the, you know... Perhaps with our one, we didn't really have that, that outreach, did we? But if there's more people working there, more staff, and, you know, let's be more professional about it, let, let's run it a bit more professionally, because this isn't a, a slant on, obviously, QCAS whatsoever. I mean, we all have our own opinions on it, but I never thought, last, over the last few years, it's been, it's been run that professional, has it? I mean, when we've had a, a, a club shop on a, on a decorating table outside the ground, haven't we? I know, you know, Stuff like that doesn't help, does it? We've, we've got to be more professional about things and get out there into the community. And I know we're doing stuff in schools and that, but we've just got to do that a little bit more, I think. And, you know, with the more people we've got there and the more areas we can get to, and the more we can spread the word, that, that can only be good. Yeah, I agree. If you, if you have a team, if you have a team of businessmen, of supporters as well, and each one of them is a well-known face in Salford, each one of them has their own area and, you know, they, they understand it. The, the people underneath that will also react to that and do you know what I'm trying to say they're, they're, they're going to grow it yeah yeah that's that's the right word they will they'll trust them and so if you get a, you know the well known faces around the whole area of Salford to, to inject cash time effort and marketing to spread the word that's going to be better than just one person trying to do it and that's I'd like to say it's no slant on that one it's, that's one person that can only do so much so uh, if you can have a marketing strategy that you know through the businesses going back from Salford into their businesses with recognisable faces and marketing it that way, surely that's going to be a multiplier from what we're doing today and that can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think, think what you've got to do, Rick, I think you, you've got to get people talking about us first, haven't you? Yeah. Get, before you get them to the ground, get these businesses interested and won't go, wow, that, yeah. that rugby league team players. I mean, I know Fred Dunn's like back to the Super League now, doesn't he? But does he really take a lot of notice of what happens at Salford? Get him talking about Salford, you know, get him to sort of advertise the games and that, you know, in his, in his shops and on his sport channels. There's no harm in that. We've got to, we've got to attack this, haven't we, and, and, and get the public of Salford talking about us. Get us on the map in Salford before you get people to the ground. I think I think that's the foundation, that's the stepping stone that comes first in it. If you get those footings in, get yourself well known in the city, that's when people will start coming. Mm. 
I think it's talk, about talking positively about us, Paul, really, because people yeah. have talked about us, but it's not always been positive, has it? You know what I mean? And, you know, it's pretty hard to get outside the bubble and, and try and trap these people in if we've got, you know, bad stories, you know, following us around. So, it's one of them things for me, you know, we've got this new energy. It seems like everyone's buzzed up now, ready to, ready to you know, take the battle forward with or without Marwan. And, you know, we're ready to, to move this club outside the bubble, Rick. It's about time, isn't it? Let's let's get there, get out there, and uh, and market the hell out of it for the next season. But uh, a lot of answers, a lot of work to be done, uh, a lot of questions to be answering. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're still moving in the right direction. Certainly on the field, we did this season. Let's uh, let's get stability off the field, and uh, and we can pick up Mr. Watson can do a great job for next year, I'm sure. Yeah, and Paul, we're in mu- we're in much healthier position now than we was when he picked us up. That's 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 the important thing, I think. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me, I, th- I think so, yeah. The only sort of worrying thing for me is, you know, I don't like talking about attendance, as you know that, but they were a bit down, weren't they, in them Super 8s, and um, I just don't want people to stay away. I just want people to come back now, because we know we've got supporters there, and we people, for one reason or another, what, what I'm afraid of now is like a division of people sort of on my one side and people who are not on my one side. I mean, what we need now is a united set of supporters, don't we? That's sort of gone now, and it that, that regime last season under, under Marwan whether he's still there or not that's by the by but you, you don't want to sort of divide support and then we know people who, who liked him and people who didn't like him you want everybody to pull in the right direction now don't we and support our club because there's loads of things to be positive about like we said before this road's nearly done now we've got a fantastic stadium alright people whinge about where it is but it's a, you can't there's no denying it's a really good stadium really good facilities and, and other things now these could be a really exciting time to be a solver support don't forget the heritage as well we've got a fantastic Fantastic heritage, a fantastic history that needs to be celebrated more. I mean, I was at the meeting the other week um, for, the, for the foundation up there in the museum and spent about half an hour just wandering around after after the meeting, just looking at old programmes. And I mean, I do that at home anyway, but I just had another look while whilst I was there. And, and let's let's do a bit more of that now next season. Let's get more ex-players invited to games and you know get players paraded on the pitch. Let's celebrate our our history. And I think perhaps now with these these people on the board and local people and that that. You know, we we could do that. We could share those ideas a bit better than what we have done in the past. Yeah. So we'll have, we'll have wait and see um, what happens with that. And you know, we're all behind it, and let's uh, move forward uh, together um, to the good of the club, and hopefully build a team and a, and a club that's going to represent the city of Salford and get massive success in the future. So uh, Chris Brining won our Young Player of the Year and Best Newcomer in 2017. We called with him, Paul, didn't we, uh, at the Players Awards, and this is what he had to say. So we're joined by Young Player of the Year and Best Newcomer, Chris Brining. Uh, congratulations, Chris. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know what to say, I wasn't expecting anything. Um, just thanks to everybody who voted for me, I guess. And um, thanks for your continued support all year. You've been, you know, like people say, we ain't got the, m- the most fans, but we're definitely the loudest. Yeah, you've obviously, you know, you've been on a journey. You, we spoke to you at the very beginning of the season, and now you are here winning, you know, Newcomer, Young Player of the Year. What a journey you've been on, and the team as well. Yeah, it has been a journey, ups and downs, but you know, that happens in most seasons and we've got to take things that haven't gone so well and learn from them, and I'm sure we will in pre-season, and yeah, I'm excited for next year. How much do you think you've learnt this season, Chris? You know, coming in from like League One, you know, when I spoke to you in November, you was pretty, pretty green coming in, weren't you? But you've come on leaps and bounds, haven't you, this season? You must have learnt a lot as a person, as a player, and you must be ready for next season, you know, to crack on now in this close season. Yeah, definitely, um, you know, I think I've got a lot, lot of learning left to do, and... Um, yeah, I mean, 
we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, I suppose, next year. But, you know, I don't think you've seen the best of me yet. And I'm, I think I've got a lot more left in me. So, that was Chris Brining uh, talking to us as we gave him his Young Player of the Year award and his best newcomer, Paul. And he's had a great season, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has. He certainly has. He's, he's you know, progressed throughout the season, hasn't he? And like we've said it before, he's come from uh, two leagues below, hasn't he? And, and settled in really well, I thought. And, you know, and he's set back with his injury as well, but, um, but he, looks a, he looks a very promising talent, and his ball distribution's good. He's got that zip from dummy half, and... You know, I think we've got a bit of a gem there in Chris, haven't we? And, you know, he's got his head screwed on as well. He's, he's a clever lad, and he he knows which way he's going and the direction he's going. In. And you know, just just speaking to him there at the end of the season, he's he's totally professional now. He's he's in the zone. I mean, I had a chat with him when he first signed, and you know, he, he does. He, he seems to have grown up as the season's gone on, and really has got his head on for next season now. And you know, he's. Uh, well, he's critical of himself, but he, you can tell he's a perfectionist. He, he knows he's got more to do than that. I know Ian thinks an awful lot of him as well, and I'm sure you'll see an even better Chris Brown in next season. Yeah, it shows, uh, Rick, that uh, we're a bit of a, re- a recruitment squad now, and Ian Watson can keep picking up gems from, from the lower divisions like um, Brian. You know, this team can go far, can't it? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been fantastic, hasn't he, this season? I remember seeing him first game. Um, against Wigan uh, scoring by I think he pushed three players on, on the back sides to get over I uh, thought yeah we've got, we've got somebody there he's, he's very nippy and he's very quick uh, great distribution and, and solid so um, if we can carry on unearthing that, that kind of talent from the lower leagues because they are out there um, it's just a question of getting the right nine ones in I know we've certainly got a star in there um, and he's well deserved his, uh, his awards yeah obviously the big main uh, winner uh, the Devil of the Detail podcast player of the year and also a Super League Dream Team member of 2017 was Ben Murdoch Masalapal and we spoke to him after the uh, the club presentation after the Saints game. So we're joined by our player of the year, Devil in Detail player of the year, Ben Murdoch Masala. Congratulations, Ben. Great win. Yeah, great win. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, it's, it's an honour to get such a such an award and I um, just want to thank everyone yeah you've done really well you, like we've just been in the, the club awards there and you, you must be I know you're, you're a bit of a quiet man aren't you and uh, you should have stayed on the stage really because you have to keep going backwards and forwards but how pleased have you been with your season I mean you, you've settled in well at Salford now you've done like a couple of years now are, are you happy in this in this part of the world and yeah, um, yeah me and my family are settled at the moment so I'm um, yeah, no, it's it's great to get such an awards from from the supporters and your peers, and um, just hopefully um, we can continue on and build on for next year. And was it looking back at the season? Any particular highlights for yourself sticking out? Um, just playing every week with the boys, and um, it's just yeah, no, it's just a great feeling every time you put on the jersey and run out with your teammates. So, so yeah. Obviously, looking forward to next season. We know we're a top club now. You know, good players. Who, how far can we go? Um, there's no limit. We can go pretty much all the way, and um, we just got to put in the hard yards in, in pre-season and yeah, get ready for a great, uh, good season next year. What do you do now for close season? Are you going back to Australia, or will you stay staying in England, or um, decided yet? Going home to get some sun. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, no, I can't wait. Um, being away from the family almost a whole year, so. It's good to get back home and just get the downtime. Yeah, recharge your batteries, ready for next season, and hopefully another top four finish in a Challenge Cup run. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just can't get ready to go home, like I said, and um, 
Can't wait to get back and rip in. Mm. Cheers, big thanks for talking to us in the devil in the detail. No worries, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. So that was Ben Murnett Masala receiving his podcast player of the year award and double celebration for him this week, Paul, being named in the uh, Super League Dream Team of 2017. Yeah, he's done really well to get in there, hasn't he? It's, uh, you know, it takes something, doesn't it? We've not had a player in there since David Hodgson in, in 2006. I was surprised to her the other day and uh, I remember Archie getting into that. So yeah, Masala's been very consistent this season, Ben, hasn't he? And, like I said before, he had an injury at the setback at the start of the season, getting injured against Rochester Hornets and that friendly. You know, it looked a bit of a worry, didn't it, at the time there when he when he came out with that thing on his leg like but uh, he's done really well. He's been as I said, very consistent and very powerful and he's been a joy to watch with really. and it's sort of been box office to watch, you know, some of his displays, some of the tries he scored, the breaks he's made and you know, he's been what I call a real NGC player only when he gets the ball and makes that break, you know, you stand up, go if you sat down, you jump up and he really is an exciting bloke to watch and um, yeah, I think he's been great this season. He's chipped in with some tries as well and you know, obviously you know, the supporters have really wanted then as well. I mean, you look at the awards that he got at the club as well. He, he's won, uh, he's cleaned up really, hasn't he? He needed a big boot on his car on Thursday night to get, get all his trophies in because he won all sorts, didn't he? To get, the, uh, to get in that dream team as well, I think that's a, that's, that's a great honour for him that there because some good players in Super League and then to, to whittle that down to 30 players who've got all had a good season. So, uh, so yeah, I think he's been great. Yeah, big boot and a, and a new shelf for it to put all his trophies on for me. You know, he's been outstanding. He's, um, you know, one, like Paul said, he's, he's box office and, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, invest and we can get players around him that, you know, can give him space and, you know, hopefully do more damage next season. Yeah, I think everyone's got a plan against him now, haven't they? They've learned a bit, but whether he can stop him is a different matter. Um, so I'm saying again for him next season it'll be fantastic I mean there were talk of him in the early uh, stages of the season anyway when we were going through our brilliant run and he was seemed like he was scoring tries for fun breaking the line every time he got the ball um, uh, he was talking of him being in the uh, Man of Steel contention I know it was early days at that point but you know that they were starting to think then uh, that uh, that we've got a, a real player there so he can he can carry that on next year stay injury free um, like you say, get some players around him that'll uh, maybe take some take some of the the, uh, the onus off him uh, and just let him play and, and just unleash him, you know, and give him the give him the ball when the, the time's right and he's maybe one against one and he'll do it. He'll he'll clear the line then more more often than not. Uh, he was doing a lot of that this season, so uh, well well deserved uh, mention and uh, in, in devil in the details as well as the uh, the uh, Super League Dream Team. So. Uh, thoroughly deserved he's had a great season yeah big congratulations Ben from everyone on the podcast on your uh, Super League dream team selection and also winning our podcast player of the year much deserved so let's have a look what else is happening in the uh, the club this so, week so other news uh, coming out so for the Devils the big news is there is a supporters trust relaunch going on on Monday at Salford City Roosters Paul it's so important that us fans get behind the trust and turn up and show our support yeah it certainly is Rob especially with the Reviews of the, the last few days and, and sort of the changes that are happening at the club. I think it's important that we show solidarity, don't we? We get as many people down there and get as many people involved with this, this trust as we can. You know, make people feel like they belong to the club. You know, and uh, get that relationship between the supporters and, and, and the club again that, that we've had in the past. I think that's a big thing. That like you want to make people people feel belonged and uh, feel like they're a part of it in their everyday life. So, so yeah, if you can get down there, it'd be great to hear everybody's ideas. And I think it'd be great to get together, won't it? And, 
and have a chat with everybody and uh, sort, of, uh, sort of start building the relationships between us and, and the club. Yeah, I suppose, uh, Rick, you know, having a strong supporters trust, you know, helps, you know, iron out problems that, you know, might be occurring, you know, regarding car parks and parking and ticket, you know, prices and stuff like that. If we are of a united front, you know, go to the club and say, can you do this or can you fix this, more chance of it happening. Definitely, with the, with the news of the last uh, two days um, coming out with Marwan, it's, it's critical now, I think, for the, for the supporters to be a united voice. And uh, it sounds like we're going to have a say as well. So any ideas, any any problems, any issues, any you know anything you want to get across, now is the perfect time to talk about it in a, in a forum for the supporters, and you can take it to the um, uh, to the trust because it sounds like we're going to have a, a good say in that. So it'll be perfect time in that to, to get your point across. And uh, the more we can do, the more we can change. Whilst uh, whilst there is you know this this new bubble around uh, around Salford, so we could. Uh, we can actually put some things in place, hopefully, that the, the supporters will be keen to, to implement. So it sounds like a really good thing, uh, and hopefully it'll be a regular thing as well. So Nicola Hudson from Supporters Direct is going to be there as well, Paul. It's important, obviously, the Supporters Trust, backed by Supporters Direct, is a, it's an organisation who specialise in, in Supporters Trust. It's a, an official body, and it'll help structure the, uh, the trust moving forward. Yeah, of course it will, Rob, because it's a big step, isn't it, you know, supporters trust, and it's quite a, quite a rare thing, really. I don't think there's any other sort of trust in the, in the Super League that are open to the whole club, this is really, that, not that I know of anyway, so it's a big step, and obviously it needs, uh, it needs to be done properly, doesn't it, and everybody needs to, be, to know what they're doing, and everybody going in the right direction, so yeah, it's going to be a really interesting meeting on Monday, it's, it's one that I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, Mark Brockwood is going to be there, from the Soul Bread Devil Foundation as well, uh, Rick and... You know, they do great things uh, for, for the club and, and the community and it's great that he's involved in that as well, coming down and speaking to the people there. Yeah, like I said, the, the more we can get involved with uh, with the club and the foundation and, and stuff, uh, I think the more of a say we'll, we'll be able to, to have in the, in the club going forward. So uh, get yourselves down there on Monday. Sounds, uh, sounds like a really good place to be. Yeah, so it's 8 o'clock. Salford City Roosters, it's Moat Hall Eccles, a postcode is M37LR, so get yourselves down there for 8 o'clock and let's work together to make the club uh, bigger and better and hopefully, you know, produce, produce this fantastic support of trust that's going to help us do that. Next bit of news, uh, Willow's Memory Night uh, is on the 23rd of November uh, at 7pm, it's £12 a ticket, Paul. Uh, obviously, last time it was it clashed with a semi-final, but I'm sure this time around there'll be loads more going down. Yeah, definitely. It's something I'm looking forward to that night, and I think I'll definitely be going to that. It was, it was difficult on this, the semi-final day, wasn't it? I mean, we were there quite late when we were doing, doing interviews and bits and bobs, obviously we didn't get away from the stadium until late, plus we'd lost as well, and we were just a bit down-hearted, weren't we? So, yeah, I'd definitely like to see it. I've heard great things about it, and it's supposed to be a really good film, and, you know, really sort of... Um, a lot of memories there, as, it, as it's called, the memories thing, but a lot of, a lot of things for you to think back on, and back on the time at the world and a lot of happy things as well so I'd love to see that I bet it's a great great piece of film and uh, something I'd definitely like to go and watch and I'm sure everybody else will as well mate so it's brilliant yeah it's at the Lowry Theatre uh, like I said £12 a ticket um, if you obviously want to go um, you can contact uh, or you can email john.blackburn at sulfuredevils.net or ring them on 0161 786 uh, to organise a ticket some ex-players going down there as well Rick you know, to talk about the memories of the Willows, and you know, it'll be, it'll be a really special occasion. I think, obviously, you didn't get the chance to go to the Willows, did you? 
Uh, but would you be interested in going to our event to see like what the history was all about? Definitely, yeah. It's something I'd uh, definitely be interested in with ex-players as well. Uh, I think we were saying a few weeks ago it's important they have that link with the club in it, and uh, it's something that everybody can get behind. A lot of the fans have been, you know, many many years and remember the Willows fondly. So it's going to be a great occasion. That uh, I've heard good things about the films as well, so it'll be well worth a watch. That very emotive, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of people with a lot of memories, so yeah, uh, something I'll be very interested in. Yeah, we're gonna get all teary eyed, aren't we, Paul? Obviously, because the uh, Willows has so many, you know, great memories for you know fans who've been there going a while, a while for a while, like us. Yeah, one or two bad ones as well, bro. They want all glory days, really, but a few dark ones as well. But but yeah, it'd be great to, to see the old place on, on like a film again. I think I think I get a bit emotional. I got emotional when in that museum in the night, the club, you know, some of the old photographs there. And, you know, the old turnstile that they got up there and things like that. So, yeah, it's something I've missed. And I've told you before, I've worked there a few times in my job. You know, and as I've seen the houses going up, I've had a new drama. It's very strange going back there now because you can sort of picture where things were, if you, if you know what I mean. You, know, you, you drive around. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure, it'd be, I'm sure it'd be a great night, that. And, uh, I'm just really glad that people have got the opportunity, you know, we missed it on that semi-final day to, to actually go, go and see it. Yeah, next bit of news we've got is that the Salford Devils Foundation are hosting a Year 5 and Year 6 Tag Rugby Festival at the AJ Bell Stadium. Uh, they're on the 12th and the 19th of October, between 1pm and 3.30pm both days, uh, Rick. It's great, obviously, you know, in the community, you know, the schools, you know, the kids getting involved in rugby. It's going to be a win-win, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's one thing that uh, that we've done marketing-wise very, very well, is get the kids, get the kids involved and... Uh, Especially at such a young age, touch rugby still is getting them involved in it, and uh, uh, get everybody, including the families, uh, all down there. So it's it's vital that we keep uh, keep that connection with the kids, and hopefully there'll be plenty there. And uh, even if it's rainy, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Just uh, getting involved, and uh, let's hope uh, get a good turnout for a, for a good event. Yeah, and the winners um, on each day will go on to represent the Salford Borough in the Level Three Greater Manchester Sports Games in March, Paul. Uh, that's pretty good. Obviously, if you win the uh, the tap rugby tournament, you go and represent the city. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, and, uh, that's great. They all could go and do that. And obviously, trying to trying to win that tournament, the heroes there winning that. So yeah, and representing the city. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And, uh, getting youngsters involved and getting them down to the to, like I said, growing growing this now for next season. You know, getting them involved, giving them sort of flyers for season tickets and I think maybe we do family season tickets next year as well let's, let's get as many families down there as we can and I think I spoke to you about it last year you know making that East stand perhaps making that the family stand or something like that getting that full every week so so yeah there's some good things happening there Rob yeah obviously if you're involved in a school um, at that age group and you want your school to get involved contact lewis.lockett at sulfurreddevils.net because there's a few spaces still available uh, so get yourselves down there um, get your school involved and no, hopefully it might build a beautiful relationship between your school and, and the club and that will hopefully generate some uh, supporters for the future Rick yeah well that's what it's all about isn't it let's get get the uh, bums on the seats and I like the idea from Paul getting the East stand as a, as a family stand I don't know whether we can have some input into the supporters trust with that and, and get that into the club uh, as an idea and flow that around because uh, it's been used the last few weeks hasn't it as the away of as away supporters and uh, I think it's generated quite a good atmosphere having both sides full um, you know relatively full but yeah it's been bouncing off a bit of a bit of a crowd uh, 
to and fro in, so it'd be good that to 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 get as many families in as possible. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, fill the ground. Yeah, uh, final bit of news. Um, our big day out on Friday. Uh, go to town, couple of days, talk about Salford all night. Sixth uh, mm. of October. Paul, it's going to be great. Yeah, so it's our so it's half seven, moving the water if you're coming. Um yeah, come and join the fun, Rick, it's gonna be great. It is, yeah, I'll be there, mate, don't worry about that. Uh, I, like like Paul, I don't get out much uh, anymore. Two kids and a dog and a family, so uh, it's, uh, it's a bit busy. Uh, very rarely get out at weekends, so yeah, thoroughly enjoy that I'm sure. Like everybody down. There's a few players leaving the Salford Devils in two thousand seventeen. We bumped into Michael Dobson before the game against St. Ellen's. And we had a quick chat about him, about his time at Salford Red Devils. And then after that, we're going to see what Paul Whiteside has said in his amateur report the local side. Right, well, I'm delighted to say we've been joined by Michael Dobson here. Michael, we just want to have a quick chat with you just to wish you farewell tonight. And I know it's not the, the send-off you wanted, you know, getting injured, but we just wanted to thank you for all the good work you've done at Salford. And have you enjoyed your time here? Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed my time. It's been um, a good, good three years and so uh, sad to... That's all coming to an end, but um, I'm looking forward to getting back home to Australia and um, I would like to be out with the boys tonight, but it wasn't to be. You played to me your best rugby league, I think, in this country, especially this season, you're leading Salford around the pitch. You've had you know, some good memories, been a good solid season. What, what are your plans next year when you go back to Australia? Uh, just do a bit of coaching and just play a bit of a lower level footy and uh, have a bit of fun, mate, so it should be good, yeah. What's your favourite memories of playing Salford, playing for Salford? Uh, probably this year, mate. Just the um, obviously we haven't finished off how we would like, but the most of the year we've been pretty good in the Challenge Cup semi, so that'll probably be it. Yeah. Look, looking at this team, obviously for next season and beyond, what do you reckon? Are we, uh, you know, looking like a top four side in a couple of years, maybe? Yeah, well, hopefully we, we weren't far off this year. So um, with the right people in at the club, you keep signing the right people. Um, hopefully they can push up and stay in that top four. You spent quite a lot of time in England during your career, haven't you, for various different clubs in the English Super League, playing for Catalan as well. Where did you enjoy yourself the most when you've been over there? Um, it's hard to say. They've all been different experiences. I've obviously spent most of my time over here or at Hulk and I've enjoyed them probably about the same. So um, it's been good, yeah. Are you ready to go back to Australia now? Is that like, yeah. you've been over here that long? Yeah, no. Nah, I'm, ready, I'm ready, ready to go home, mate, so it should be good, so yeah. Well, thanks for all the memories you've yep. given us here, Michael. It's been great to speak to you. Take care and all the best for your future. Thanks, thanks guys. No worries. Thanks, fellas. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live Radio Contact.
Right, well, start this week's amateur report in the National Conference League. It was the uh, conference trophy final on Saturday that was played at the Fox Foxy's Biscuit Stadium in Batley, or Mount Pleasant, as we like to call it. Hunslet Club Parkside came out victors. They beat Wigan St. Patrick's by 22 points to nil to take the trophy there. But in, in the other games in the Conference League, Saddleworth Rangers... They went down 41 points to 6 at home to Bradford Dudley Hill. And the fixtures for this weekend are as follows. Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division take on West Hull. That is a championship playoff game now. The 22-game regular season has finished. Rochdale Mayfield finished fourth, so they've gone into the playoff now. And their first game of that will be against West Hull. That is on Saturday, the 30th of September. There's just one more fixture involving local teams and that's in Division 3 and that is Oldham St Anne's against West Bowling. As we said last week, fantastic congratulations to Folly Lane with them taking the Division 1 top of the table, winning that league. They were in action again this weekend in a playoff match in Division 1. They beat Lee Minor Rangers 8 by 28 points to 16. In Division 2 of the North West Men's League, Widnes Tigers 50, Manchester Rangers 30. Rochdale Mayfield A28, Charlie Panthers 14. And in Division 3, Oldham St Anne's A44, Crossfields A10. Division 4, there was a, a real humdinging match here between West Hart and Lions and Langworthy Reds. That finished West Hart and Lions 38, Langworthy Reds 36. In the entry division, Saddleworth Rangers A30, Higginshaw 16. And the fixtures for this weekend, there's not many. Saturday the 30th of September, Division 5, Clockface Miners A against Berry Broncos A. And in the entry division, there's a match between Latchford, Albion and the North West. Tigers well as we said last weekend there was no action in the North West Youth League there's just one fixture this weekend this will be played on Sunday the 1st of October and it's a big match it's the Lancashire Cup final of the under 18s and it's between Thato Heath and Lee Miners in Student Rugby League that gets on, underway on Wednesday there's a, a match on the Wednesday the 27th of September that's in the North West League 1 that is Salford Red Devils against Wigan and Lee so uh, big game there we'll keep you up to date with that one next week We've got a bit of news for you now coming out in the amateur uh, game. Kingston Press Cider National Conference League Chairman Trevor Hunt and his committee have been asked to reconsider the season in which the competition operates. The National Conference League switched from August to May season to one spanning March to October five years ago and West Hull have asked for a reassessment. You know, the amateur sides always play in, in the winter season. Now they're playing in the summer season, so that's being reassessed now and uh, Trevor Hunt and his committee will uh, probably come to a decision soon on that, so we'll keep you posted. That's quite big news, that, because uh, you know, it runs alongside the uh, the. Super League and the Division 1 at the moment and the, the Championship and what have you so we'll keep you keep you posted on that one and see what happens there the Barlow Under 17's Tri-Series County Championship is breaking new ground with the game being played on Saturdays rather than the traditional Sunday slot the opener on Saturday the 30th of September between Yorkshire and Lancashire is being hosted by Shalston Rovers there's one of our local lads involved in that that's Jackson Kelly of Rochdale Mayfield the losers of that match will take on Cumbria on the 14th of October and will meet the winner of the first match on the 21st of October a venue to be confirmed each county is having one home game in the series as we said last week. Lancashire again first out of the blocks in naming their squad for the forthcoming Barla Under-19s Tri-Series County Championship. The Red Rose outfit have confirmed a 22-man lineup under coaches Alan Coleman, Thomas Wood and Gary McCann. There's one local lad, Liam Riley of Rochdale Mayfield he's in that Lancashire Under-19 squad The Under-19s tournament launches on Sunday the 5th of November when Lancashire play Yorkshire as part of a double header with the open age fixture between the same two counties at Stanningley and that continues on the following two Sundays. Well, that's it this week. That's all the amateur news I've got for you. I'll catch you next week. So, as we come to the end of 2017 season, Paul, looking back, it's been a good one. 
Yeah, it's been another uh, roller coaster season, Rob, hasn't it, really? And full of highs and one or two lows on the way, but overall, I think it's been, been an enjoyable season, hasn't it, Rob? We've had some, some good away wins, away from all the places where we don't normally get results. Warrington, we could. Uh, Hull as well, that, that great win there. We've had, yeah, we've had some good days out. Challenge Cup as well, our adventure in that. I mean, we were only 40 minutes away from Wembley, really, what we 14, 12 up on it, half time in that semi. So, uh, so yeah, I thought we did well in the Cup and we got in that Super 8. Top 4 finish after 23 rounds was, was a very good effort as well. So, uh, yeah, I think we've, uh, we've, we've achieved well this season. Yeah, obviously, looking back at the season, if we were, you know, in a bit of a time warp and you know, someone comes to you and says, look, you're going to finish in the, uh, the top four in the regular season and get a challenge cut semi-final. You'd snap their hand off, wouldn't you? So, you know, it's been a great season and hopefully we can build from this. Yeah, you would, especially at the end of last season. You know, surviving like this going to be teeth. So, uh, anything on that was basically an improvement. But to, to be rocketing, you know, sky high halfway through the season at, at uh, second for a lot of it and then obviously falling off a little bit. But still, top four semi-finals, um, yeah, you'd, you'd take that all day. I'd take that next season as well. But uh, maybe because we've learned a little bit more the back end of this season, the Super 8s will be a bit better prepared this time. So... Uh, if we can do anywhere near the same again for the start of the season um, and and then just maybe a bit more consistency at the back end uh, might see us through to uh, who knows you know top four for the uh, for the Super 8s but it's a long way away that it's a long way away but a lot of work to do I think uh, the two Ians and uh, you know the club as, it, as a whole it's got, it's got a lot of work now uh, to make sure that this isn't a one-off and, and obviously get the crowds in as well and, and uh, hopefully uh, next season will be uh, another good one Yeah, any particular you know, game standing out for you Paul as being a favourite for yourself? I enjoyed the one at Hull oh that was great there because I stood to you with the amount of times I've been there and then drove back and it's been a long journey home you know, late on on a Friday night where we've got battered over, over the years since we've moved to that stadium you know, I know we had a few islands at the old Boulevard ground but Especially that KC stadium. We've had a couple of wins in the Cup, haven't we? But we've not won there in the league so till this season. So uh, I particularly enjoyed that going there and uh, wiping the floor with them. Wigan away was good. You know, we've not won there for, for 20 years and we've never won at the, the DW Stadium. So that, that was a special night that day. I thought to, to beat them in front of their supporters. And probably that Warrington game, as I said before, that was a, it was a good night. A good, a good day. One of the, the East, it was the bank holiday at the end of May, wasn't it? That, that was a good win because Warrington had been a consistent side at the end of the sort of top four and I thought we did a, did a number on them that day. We, we hammered them, didn't we? But another one was the Catalan game at home and we put 50 past Catalan. That was a fantastic night. That, the atmosphere that night was tremendous. Really enjoyed that. And yeah, they, they were sort of the standout games for me. And I thought the St. Helens game away was a belter. Mm. You know, up to that 70th minute, you know, to go away to St. Helens and you know, nearly win there for the first time since 1980, I thought, dream that day if we can win here then obviously we threw the game away but to be involved in, in such a, a great game like that was I suppose it was it was a bit bittersweet really but yeah the, the three away wins I think in the big ones and the Castle win as well I thought the Castle win was a, was a, was a great win to, to knock them off I think they were unbeaten at the time weren't they and everybody was saying they got to win the, the World Cup the Grand Final the Challenge Cup they were like got to go through the season unbeaten to win the Rugby League press talk but we knocked them off that day didn't we and did a really good job on them so uh, there's been some real highs haven't there this season yeah I think Rick it's about you know, joining victories together for me. You know, we had a bit of a run a couple of times through the season, and you know that's important. I think when you're trying to get into that top eight. Yeah, it builds momentum, doesn't it? And uh, you, you know, you're at that stage where you don't feel you can lose. 
Um, and I, I think Paul's just um, t- talked about most of the games there. Yeah. <laughs> You've enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> nearly all of them. Yeah. Uh, but I'd, I'd agree. I, I think um, if I had to pick two, I'd say one away, one home. Uh, Wigan away. The atmosphere in that stand was fantastic. Outside, out singing the, the Wigan uh, home support was absolutely phenomenal. I stood stood in there um, and just seeing us take that that side apart, and we did. Um, no fear at that point. We were just going for it. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so thoroughly enjoyed that one. I, I don't think I got back till about one o'clock because the, the traffic and what have you. But I didn't care. It was ace. Um, and the the game at home. I think you, you mentioned it as well. I, I can't. I couldn't quite split the. Um, the Cass game or the Catalan game, but I think probably the Catalan game for me. Um, the atmosphere was was phenomenal that, that night. That was that was the free night. That was after the mm-hmm. Manchester bombing, wasn't it? So yeah. uh, we got quite a few in there, and there seemed to be. I don't know why, but you look back on anything, seemed to be like a party atmosphere. There was a lovely evening as well. It's gorgeous, gorgeous weather, um, and it seemed like you know this. It, it was just something to to. It was like the rugby was almost a uh, fairy tale stuff, and we put fifty points past them, and uh, absolute drubbing. I don't know where that came from. It was just like it, it, it was it, the atmosphere was fantastic. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that was that was probably my highlight. Yeah, I'm going to go for the away game at Warrington because I thought it was a really, really good performance against a, a top side. Um, me and Paul talked about it a lot of times on the podcast that you know we thought one more, we needed one more try, but. You know, the boys came good and, you know, quite enjoyed that game. It was especially at Warrington a couple of times and we've been, you know, hammered a few times, haven't we? But to, to put one over on them uh, was, was, was fantastic. And I'm going for the home game. I'm going to go for the... I'm going to go for Castleford. I think, like you said, it's, uh, you know, they were the, the front runners at the time and, you know, we put a you know a big hole in their, in their run, didn't we, at that point? So, yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, a season uh, of great times and, you know, good rugby as well, Paul. And, you know, Ian Watson, you know, steering the troops on, making us play good rugby league at times and, you know, hopefully more to come. Yeah, so it was great at times. Just going back to that, that Warrington game on the one day, I remember we got the team sheet for that game. Uh, you, you said to me, oh, there's, oh, there's no Dobson, Dobson's not playing. And he, he, I remember you saying that, that's look at this team sheet. So was like, lads, weren't we? And people were panicking, oh, we're going to get hammered today, you know, we've got players out and Todd Carney's coming and how's he going to fit in and all that. And we sort of feared a bit, really, didn't we? But, we didn't need to because that that was probably probably one of the most complete performances of the season, wasn't it? That one uh, where we really did. But I know I remember going through the game and you did change every time that we scored a try. We need one more. We need one more. We need one more. I mean, well, score at one stage it was about thirty points to four. Or something, <laughs> wasn't it? We need one more. We need one more. We need twenty minutes left. We need one more. But uh, but no, we've had some good days and we've had some real fun this season. It's been great reporting on it in the podcast and that's been uh, it's been good and. Um, Gonna miss it now, aren't we? You know, with no games now for the next few months, but uh, it'll soon come round again. Yeah, Huddersfield away was another one, Paul. Um, with uh, Josh you Jones, in your cheap seat. me in my cheap seat in the fat <laughs> in the other side. Yeah, being the only soul fan jumping up in the stand, that was another you know great. My phone went off in the press conference as well, didn't it? Yeah, it was another fan, <laughs> another funny moment. Uh, but like I say, it's full of great moments, Rick, and you know that's what you know being a fan's all about, isn't it? And people who have you know experienced that and. You know, now looking in, looking from the outside in, might think, oh, well, I'll go and watch Salford next season and hopefully make some more memories. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of ups and downs, isn't it, this season? But uh, it's that's what it's, yeah, it's been the fans all about, isn't it? Uh, and it'll happen again next season, and uh, we'll love it just as much. So hopefully we can 
I don't want to talk about the club too much, but a bit more marketing, pushing in the close season and get some big names in maybe, uh, and, uh, and get the fans through the gates again and, and get that uh, get that atmosphere behind them, and we'll we'll push them on next season, and who knows where we can go. Yeah, big thanks to all our listeners who who gave us their three word uh, season reports and uh, best moment of the season. Tracy, proud Salford fan, uh, she says that it was all the way. Every time we got the ball, uh, the boys scored. Uh, Colin Reynolds, great season overall. Memory filing the memories, the memory he had, uh, his best memory was the atmosphere at Warrington in the semi-final. Um, Lee Mack, box, not too shabby. Um, Graham Jones, sound progress made, putting 50 on Hull. Uh, was another great performance, he says. But like I say, there's lots of different uh, memories there, isn't there, Paul, of, uh, of good times? Yeah, certainly, yeah. We forgot to mention it in the semi-final against, against Wigan. It was... Yeah. Uh, Pretty special, wasn't it, that, that end there, um, behind the goals at Warrington, the, the, the following that we took there that day, and uh, you know, to see everybody with the, with the shirts on, and to see everybody with the red Zapparel shirts on as well, you know, Andy's done a great job with, with that this season, haven't you? you know, seeing all the, the, the old S shirts in the crowd, and yeah, we've, been, we've had some fantastic days now, haven't we, really, this season, we've had a few uh, few chokers, haven't we, losing at Edinley, like we normally do, we're losing there twice, and you know, the, the first one to that, that dodgy forward pass, that heartbreak defeat at Wakefield as well with Masilla. Just couldn't get the ball out the, the last seconds. But after that game, I think we went on a we went on a winning run after that. I think we won about seven on the bounce after that game, didn't we? So it sort of spurred us on. So, uh, but yeah, there's been some been some rough times, haven't there? But I think the good times this season have outweighed the, uh, the bad ones. Yeah, the R3D said on the up, um, said finishing regular season top four, fantastic effort. Uh, Mark Ryan, entertaining, frustration process, uh, progress, sorry. Uh, Warrington, a, all, Warrington away, always good to beat them. Um, but yeah, like you said, Rick, it's uh, been up and down. We've had some emotional rollercoaster ride, but that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I can't say any more than that. I think it's a look, looking back over the season, it has. It's been, um, it's been promising, hasn't it? We've made strides from last season. And um, with Ian Watson at the helm, we can do the same again on Yonke even more consistent at the, the back end uh, next season so very much looking forward to it can't wait for uh, Strictly come dancing to be over and then uh, season can start again next year yeah we all know what Rick's doing Paul in the off season he's got Strictly on pre-record every Saturday <laughs> what does that finish like sort of after Christmas that before the season I don't watch it to be honest no, I haven't got any choice with the Oh, yeah. right. Uh, that, that dominates the airwaves now. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So that's, that finishes at Christmas and then it'll soon be fab. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Friendlies as well in January, don't forget. Yeah. Well, we all be thinking of you, Rick, sat, tied up to the telly, fourth watching, <laughs> certainly come dancing. Oh, you know, them feet, them feet a little, little bit tapping, you know, trying to get through. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun time for you. Yeah, I can't wait, mate. Thanks. It's time. So we're getting towards the end of the show. Um, this week, the million pound game between Lee Centurion and the Catalan Dragons, Paul. You know, all the emotion of last week, uh, last year's game, uh, for us, it's going to be another special game for both sets of fans. Yeah, it's probably going to be a bit different this time with, with Catalan being They're not going to have to the big following support we took to all okay, so it's probably going to be a slightly different atmosphere, I would have thought. Probably a colder atmosphere for the Catalan players, you know, going to lead, they're going to have the old town behind them, and uh, maybe one or two neutrals as well. But it's an intriguing game, you know, Lee, 
you know, they, they work so hard to get into Super League, didn't they finish in top of the, the championship a few years when within the within the grand final and whatever to get promoted. So uh, so yeah, I wish Leon the best really. It'd be a shame for them to go down. It'd be a shame for Catalan to go down as well after being in the Super League for about eleven years now. So uh, it promises to be an intriguing game, it really does on on Saturday and uh, you know I, I don't know whether I can pick a winner really, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough game, Rick. Obviously do you think our game needs Catalan to keep expanding in the top division? Um, it's it's a tough one. I think I think if they lose this game, I think they'll be struggling next season. I I don't know. It, it, it seems like a lot of players go over there, and it, it, not that not that they take the foot off the gas. I think that they just maybe they go over there for a slightly easier time of it. Possibly, I don't know. I don't know. But they they don't seem to perform. They have, they, they, they've done all right this season, but this you know the last few games they looked very ordinary in these these middle eights. Like the heart's not in it, and that's it's not a good sign. That so um, yeah, I think it, it probably does need that. But we've got don't forget next season you'll have Toronto up in the championship and, and Toulouse are there or thereabouts. So you know this time next year we could be talking about two um, sides non 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 English sides coming up into the Super League. Uh, and if Catalan are there again, um, we could be talking three. So you know, we we, we might have a um, a load in, in for that for twenty eight uh, twenty nineteen season. So I don't think it necessarily needs Catalan now, but I think if they go down, I think they'll be they will be struggling. Um, it may not be as attractive to go over there to play Championship rugby. So I think they might struggle. And I, and I do, yeah, I do think Lee will win that one because of the home support as well. I think it'll be very vocal. And they've done it. They've done it before. They've been in these kind of games before. They've scrapped for the lives, haven't they, to get out of that championship? So I think they'll have enough to, to get over the line. And, and I think Catalan will go down. Yeah, I think obviously looking back at our million pound miracle, Paul. You know, there won't be another game like that. Whatever happens, it'll never be the same, will it? Yeah, I can't see it being quite as exciting as that one, Rob. I don't think so. Because uh, that was. A special day, one at the fun, we'll never forget. So I'm expecting a close game, but I think it'd be one of them games. I think on, on Saturday where it'd be, it would have got me quite nervous if there weren't. Neither team's going to want to make a mistake. I watched the game between uh, Catalan and, and Widnes, which was like a sort of rehearsal really for the grand final. I think the, the, if I remember rightly, the winner stayed in Super League and the loser went to the grand final. Widnes pinched it 12 10. I'm expecting a similar game to that. Neither side wanted to make mistakes, you know, defences on top and the uh, just checking me league express I've been down 1812 to, to Lee on Saturday 1812 Lee I think for me uh, Rick you need you need Lee in the Super League for our, for our derby really because we don't really have a derby and we've got history with Lee um, you know we want a, a big derby a good turnover you know for that week when they come down to the AJ Bell and we we go to the the, uh, the, uh, the Lee village you know big crowds I think we need, we need them in Super League really yeah I'd, I'd agree I think uh, it does bring an end on it um, and it's been quite competitive with them as well it? The, the two games and then uh, I think we played them in Newcastle as well didn't we yeah um, so yeah I think we need them games to, uh, to keep the supports coming through but uh, and I, I think we'll get it next season like I said I think uh, they'll have too much of Catalan I'm going 20 points to 10 I'm going to go Lee 30 Catalan 6 and we'll be dancing in the streets of Lee all night I think Celebrating a, a Super League survival. I hope they don't dance too loud. 
think we just cursed Lee there. Like, <laughs> you, back, you backed up to win 35 to 6 at least. Yeah. The now you're back then, so uh, I reckon Catalan's going to win 44 to 2. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, yeah, put your money on Catalan. <laughs> so, um, big thanks for coming on this week's podcast, Rick. It's been another great show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, yeah, it's been good all season uh, listening to you. It'll be a, you know, I sorely missed these next few months, I think. Yeah, I think we've got plans to do pop up podcasts through the off season, haven't we, Paul? It's going to be a, you know, something to look forward to. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, we club breaks and news or anything, we can be there to. To announce it can't be wrong, but yeah, I've enjoyed this season as well. I've enjoyed it all, every bit of it, really. It's been, it's been good, hasn't it? We've had some good laughs along the way, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward again to next season doing it all, yeah. Yeah, big thanks for everyone who's, who's come on and done guest presenting like you, Rick. You know, taking time out, uh, you know, coming on when we ask you to. Rick, it's great. Thanks very much. Well, th- no, thanks for having me on. It's been, yeah, it's been great. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed getting into it this season, and uh, hopefully, same again for next season if you'll have me on. Yeah, and also big thanks to Steve for taking the pictures uh, for us. It's no, just great photos, only Paul, and uh, his uh, photos are a massive part of our sort of advertising campaign for podcasts. Oh yeah, he certainly does. He does a belting job, doesn't he? Some of the some of the shots he gets, and you know he spends a lot of time processing them all and sends them to us more or less straight away. Sometimes rather than for the match reports and things. So yeah, he does a great job, Steve, and hats uh, off to him. And, uh, very much appreciated. Yeah, and also big thanks to all our listeners who. You know, tune in week in, week out, Paul, and, you know, very loyal, very, lots of interaction as well, it's great. Yeah, it certainly is, it's great, isn't it? It's great to hear from them when they comment on stuff, and all the feedback we can get, the better, really, isn't it? it helps to improve us as well, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, it's great to chat to people at the games as well. I've met a few supporters this season that, you know, I wouldn't have spoke to, really, if would have listened to the podcast, so it, that's that's great. And don't forget, Rob, to remind them we're having a beer, aren't we? In oh, yeah. So if they want to come down and, and meet us in, in town for a pint and have a chat about Salford and that, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're going to put that on our Facebook and Twitter if you're in town and about and about just to come and have a beer and we'll have a chat about Salford. It'll be a, another great night. Also, I'd like to thank the club as well for giving us loads of stories to talk about throughout the season, Paul. You know, it's uh, good, good and bad. Uh, it gives us lots of things to talk about through the season. Yes, it gives us a few sleepless nights along the way as well, haven't it? <laughs> Kept our, our stress levels up, but yeah, they they did do well. They kept us informed, up and uh, kept us going and kept us excited all year. So that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parks, and you find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening.